Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause, the podcast for growth-oriented entrepreneurs and executives who aspire to create positive change in the world. Are you in business for more than just profit? Then like and subscribe today and join our channel to become a hustler for a cause. Hello and welcome to Hustlers for a Cause. Joining us today, we have special guest Chris Gunn. Chris is one of the hosts of the morning radio show and podcast, Afterglow on Air. Afterglow gets almost 800,000 listeners per day, and just last week was the number one radio show on iHeartRadio in LA. Afterglow helps the nation start their day off right, covering music, current events, pop culture, and a lot more. Chris, it's an honor to have you here today. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. Can you just tell me a little bit about you and who you are and what you're doing when you're not on the air? Of course. Yeah. So I um, grew up outside of Boston. Sometimes my accent comes out. Sometimes it doesn't. It really depends on my mood. If I get really excited, you'll hear the Boston come out. It'll really hit you. And you'll be like, all right, you need to calm it down for a second. A big part of me getting rid of my accent and kind of going through vocal training was because you don't really listen to the radio in the morning and hear like, all right, it's a wicked bad day outside. when I get in your cat. Like it's just, It would be a little too much. <laughs> So that was kind of where my accent disappeared from. But I ended up moving to New Jersey when I was 19 all by myself. I wanted to move out to around the New York City area. I kind of knew what I was doing, but kind of didn't. It was one of those things where it was like you take a chance and you hope it works out and you put a bunch of hard work behind it. And throughout that time, I worked on various radio shows. I did some stuff with TV. I had my own company doing music video production. I had my own little small marketing company. And then I started doing freelance work a lot for various stations and and smaller areas. Um, I've done some stuff for 102.7 KISS FM in LA. Done some stuff with Z100 in New York. I did some stuff last year with Q1043, which is a rock station out of New York. They were super fun. Honestly, all my life is around radio um, and around music. I, when I'm not in studio on the air, I'm, I get in studio very early, around 2.45 in the morning every day, Monday through Friday. So when I'm not there, um, I produce a lot. I mix. I master. I do still have my marketing brand on the side that I do some freelance work for. That is very privatized. We don't really put that out there. We do somewhat have a production side of our company. Again, not too much of what I really try and focus on. Afterglow is kind of my baby right now. And I've kind of let my other two brands live on their own with other management. Cool. And how long ago did you guys start Afterglow? So Afterglow is going in its fourth season. So it's about our fourth year. I'm, in radio, obviously, you don't hear seasons. For us internally, yep. it's easier for us to understand planning-wise. And when we started saying seasons to our listeners without even realizing we were doing it, they started getting to understand it more. And the only thing that really changes is, is that each season starts at the beginning of the year and ends at the end of the year. It's not too crazy. We obviously have a few vacations throughout the year and around Christmas. Usually this year, we took about three and a half weeks off around Christmas. So we had a lot of pre-recorded shows and segments. But yeah, we've been around. Afterglow itself has technically been around for almost three years. We were a, a different show in the first season, which is why you, that season cannot be found anywhere. But <laughs> we are potentially thinking of rebranding it and re-editing it. So at least you guys can hear the beginning of how Afterglow was created. All right. So I want to hear about the first episode now. I'm like super curious. Afterglow started originally as a different brand. We were mainly sponsored through another company that I was working on and that my executive producer, Natalie, was working on. 
we had the show kind of named after them and it worked, but then it became a little bit too much of, of heavily branded where it was, you had to talk about X, Y, Z. And when I pitched the show, it was supposed to be open format. And so we were only a small segment. We weren't even doing the three hours every day. It was Tuesdays and Wednesdays from three to 4 p.m originally originally very very small in the beginning it was just a small 15 minute segment then we people loved us so like okay can we have extra airtime and and then we kind of like kept sneaking our way in and getting more airtime until finally they're like you need to have your own show and so we said you know what like all right i guess we can do that i asked that i said hey natalie i know i've been working with you for a long time but i know that you've been on the show recently would you want to grow this into something bigger would that be something you're interested in I don't know if that's something that could work with your schedule, but are you down with it? And she said, of course I am. I go, I can't pay you the same amount that we were paying you before. I I can't do that. I own the show outright when I created it. I had all the rights Mm -hmm. to it. So I was like, listen, like I was getting incredible branding the first, you know, season, quote unquote, if we're going to call it that. I go, I don't even know if we're going to end up technically making it to the end of the season. There's a chance we could get taken off the air. We're still in our pilot type of season. And we, you know, it's, there's a chance we won't work out. And I said, would you like, and she goes, I am not here for the money. She goes, I am here for the love of music and I'm here for you. And I cringe listening back to some of these older episodes because <laughs> I'm like, how did anyone turn on the radio and listen to this? And then we ended up getting a quote unquote promotion and moving to a morning slot, which was my all-time goal. It really increased our numbers, our listenership. And I was so ecstatic because it worked better in my daily life because I was at that time I was running the marketing brand like full speed ahead. And so I was working seven days a week with that. I also was still producing on the side for some artists and some labels. And then I was now trying to build this brand. And so we got this incredible slot. And I'll never forget this one day. Um, we were our own little mini show, but it wasn't a full blown radio show. And I said, Hey, Natalie, like this episode, we're going to have an extra hour. And she was like, okay. And so I remember her on the air. She goes, Oh, that was so much fun, but I never want to do this again. I'm exhausted. And then we go off there and I go, Oh, by the way, we're starting every day at, at these, this two hours of talk time point, not including music and commercials and everything like that. And then when we hit this year, I said, you know what? Like we're kind of screwing up everyone's algorithms. We're, we're not on the air long enough. People are kind of like, you're in the middle of our, our schedule. Can you fix it? Can you please take the extra two hours that you're supposed to take? And I was like, I can't do an extra two hours. Like I'm not getting in the studio at 245. I cannot do that. I'm, I physically am already exhausted. I said, I will mm-hmm. add the extra hour to the end so that at least I'm kind of pre-record something for the first hour and then we'll do the, the final three hours. And so, you know what? Deal. And and that's where we, we've been ever since. It, it was a very weird, awkward beginning, but now we're like on track and everything is perfectly normal. We're on it. Yeah. I feel like that's like the story for a lot of companies, brands, anything you start, like you have to be really open and adaptable and you have to just find little ways in exactly. and just pivot and then quickly find a new thing. Experiment. Yeah. And I'm so glad that like our team stuff. is so willing. I mean, we went, Natalie and I were really a team of like two people. Plus we had this one intern, Dana, we always still call her intern Dana to this day. <laughs> she was almost one of the original founders of the show. Natalie hadn't even joined anything until like the sixth time we were on the air and we had this woman named Jill she was awesome and then Jill left and intern Dana left and it was just Natalie and I on our own because Jill had to go do the rest of her job and obviously Dana's internship ended and now a team of 25 people over not even like a year basis it was insane it was it was really something we didn't expect but I'm so happy that it, it worked out that way and now we're half on the east coast half on the west coast we have some people all spread around the country. And then you have me and Nyleen and Sergio in LA and then Natalie and Danny over on the East Coast. It's a lot, but it's it's fun. I wouldn't change it for anything. Wow. So, I mean, as a show sounds like a lot of fun listening to a couple episodes and everything. 
it definitely seems like sometimes things slip out that uh, you don't necessarily mean to. Oh, yeah. I'm curious, like, for you, what do you feel like was, like, the most embarrassing moment that's happened on the show so far? Now, does that count things that made it to air or things that didn't technically make it to air because of the Uh magic of of a delay? Yeah. That's that's an excellent question, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say I once gave, like, my full-on address away on the air, (laughs) <laughs> but we have something called a dump button. And so it basically yep. happens. I don't know if you've ever watched the Grammys and someone's singing and then all of a sudden you hear nothing. The dump button basically lets us run on a delay. So we were originally two minutes behind. So we click the button and, and you'd basically hear us talking and and then you, you wouldn't realize that we clicked the button and it would just magically through the power of, I don't even know how the system understands, but it, it analyzes every <laughs> word and tries to build a sentence. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it'll be talking and you'll just hear... Like last week, Danny completely just swore. And you just hear like Eileen going, good morning, everyone here. Danny, what are you doing? Um, but I'd have to say that dumping happens a lot more in radio than people want to admit. But I like to embrace it because we're human. I got to say just the amount of things that we say that we realize we can't say. Um, one time I, I said something to Natalie. I think it was during her audition. And we were making a joke and I was like, yeah, I figured I'd bring you on in and try you on out. And then intern Dana in the back starts laughing and she's like, what do you mean try you out? I was like, oh no. I was like, I'm so, I was like, Natalie, thank God I knew her at this point for for years. Mm-hmm. And there's been so many things that we've had um, guests come on and just completely say the complete wrong things because it's live. We can't edit it. And so thankfully the dump buttons are savior. Sometimes when I'm running the board or talking to other producers in the room, because people can't see us, they can't see me running around doing things. And I will just talk and not realize what I'm saying while I do it. And I'll listen back to the episode and be like, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say that thankfully I haven't had too many embarrassing moments because they mostly dump. We've only had one time where the network literally like called me up and was like, you need to stop like right now. Like, and I was like, okay, (laughs) but we, but that was because we were running late. So we had like missed two commercial breaks that, that hour, I think we were a little intoxicated that day. Cool. And what do you feel like is like your most favorite moment that's happened on the show today? I got to say it's between three. The first was when Natalie announced to the world that she was pregnant. She had only told me her boyfriend and like one other person, other family members hadn't even known yet. People at, at work hadn't known yet. Our producers didn't know. And so when she came out and told, I mean, I had known for months. And so I was like waiting. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that she felt more comfortable to tell our listeners that she's pregnant before telling her family, like made me feel so <laughs> special. That was a huge favorite one. When I announced I was moving to LA, that was another favorite moment because no one saw it coming. I had been teasing it for months, but so low key that no one had like, I'll never forget, none of my producers knew it was happening besides Natalie. And so um, Patrick, one of our producers was sitting in the room and I said it and he was, he started just screaming. He was like, what are you serious? And I was like, I'm moving in like a month. Congrats. And then another favorite moment I'd have to say was it wasn't for our normal like Friday, like everyday episode. It was more for when we were doing stuff with Q1043, but I got to, mm-hmm. it was Paul McCartney's birthday and we wow. went up in a helicopter and basically I had to sit there in this little like two foot area with my laptop connected to the Wi-Fi in the helicopter, my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Empire State Building's Instagram account hosting this live event on their wow. Instagram while also on the radio and we had to air that. And I had to click a button at the exact perfect time so that the music and the lights of the building went together. 
And that was probably the most surreal moment. And I think my all-time favorite career moment was because only five people in the world have ever done that. And now that I'm one of those five, it's insane. And I ended up saving and screen recording the video and I posted it up on my Instagram. And it's so hard to pick because each week we do things that always surprise me. We had Sergio's birthday. We had uh, my birthday. We've we had uh, moments when we had people join us. We, we've done games and giveaways. It's so hard because when you're on five days a week, it's like, how can you pick a favorite? Of course. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, there's my top three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so this is probably like a strange technical question, but I can imagine also from the helicopter, you have tons of background noise. So how do you even record that successfully? Yeah, so we had a push to talk like you would have like in the military or you'd have like for like general charters and stuff. Basically, I only thankfully had to intro it and outro it. It's not like studio quality like you're hearing right now or like you'd hear on the radio. It was, Mm -hmm. you could clearly tell we were in a helicopter, which I think made it a little (laughs) bit cooler. Definitely, Um, definitely. And you just hear like, it's kind of like when you when you talk really close to a mic and then you add tin with it. Like it was like a very like tinny like HQ like type weird sound. We would just click that and actually we had a splitter. So when I wasn't using the push to talk, whatever was playing out through our computer, which as simple as just a headphone jack is all we use to get this to work, and then a dongle to connect to the server, whatever was playing out through the computer, you heard. And so you'd hear all that in, you know, radio quality sound and everything. And we had to fly so specifically low too, because I don't know if you know this, but the Empire State Building actually is what broadcasts radio in New York City. And so if you're too high, you don't get it. You're too low, you don't get it. We had to be almost eye level with the building to connect to the server correctly. Even though the iHeart building is 40 blocks south, two giant towers on the Avenue of Americas was broadcasting the signal. We had to connect to the Empire State Building I'll never forget being so stressed because I had done two reviews before that to test it out and I could not, could not get it correct. And I was like, oh, great. Like everyone is going to be watching this. Like it's like two (laughs) people are hearing this. Plus the Empire State Building had at that point 600,000 followers. I'm like, great. Like here I am. And and I told them I had done it and I I had never done it before. I I told them I've done that. But my key in life is sometimes fake it till you make it because I knew that I could do it. And I knew that I would be able to have a team behind me that knew how to do it. And so plus I had already had a relationship with the Empire State Building at that point. So it wasn't like I was just totally lying to them in the the dark. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. (laughs) (laughs) Can you share a little bit of like your story of how you got started and how you like made your way into radio and yeah, just like the confidence that you've had and what, how that's helped you? Of course. So actually I was super self-confident for a long time. I don't remember if I said this on Gem Sessions or not, but I couldn't even like eat out at dinner alone. I like couldn't. And so when I was living in New York, I didn't have any friends. My family was over an hour away in Jersey that like West, West Jersey. And I was pretty much in Jersey city. And so I would go out and I would only go to Panera Bread or like something quick and easy. And I missed having real like sit down restaurant food. I said to myself, like, if I want to like continue to build my brand and I want to be something, I need to be able to eat outside of a restaurant. I know that sounds so (laughs) stupid and so silly. It's not that simple. And for me, when I did it, that boosted my confidence like crazy. So I had always kind of loved music and I always loved producing. And I originally moved to the New York area, not to actually get into radio or music, but to get into TV and local, you know, stuff with NBC Universal. That was my goal. 
I had always produced before that. And I thankfully knew some people that, that got me access to certain programs like Music Radio Creative, um, Imaging mm-hmm. Blueprint. And I was able to produce, you know, these sweepers and indents and radio top of the hours. And I would just produce them. No one would ask me to do them and no one would even pay me to do them. And I would submit them and I would just email them, email them, email them. If they took it, great. They didn't, whatever. I still love doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up moving and trying to get into TV. And my friend and I ended up getting... I feel like all my crazy stories ended up me getting drunk first. And I'm like, I swear I don't drink as much as it makes me sound like I do. But it was her birthday and we got very drunk and she apparently is allergic to coconut, but I didn't know that. And so the drinks we got and had coconut. So she starts getting oh, wow. sick. And I was like, I know NBC Universal decently well. I was like, their bottom floor is open to the public. Like there's a bathroom in there. Like we can use it. And she was in there for probably like 20, 25 minutes. And while I'm sitting there, I was talking to this random person outside. And she ended up, long story short, ended up having me help her work on an episode with Jimmy Fallon and Pharrell Williams, which is really fun. Still struggling with my confidence. I was like, okay, I got the restaurant down. Like, I need to go to college up next because no one's going to hire me if I don't go to college. And I started looking at colleges and I, and I started working this terrible, like dead end job at Domino's. Hated it. I don't even know how I got there because I had owned a company at that point for like four years. But I was like, I need something stable so I can put my mm-hmm. company on pause. I can go to college. Thankfully, I ended up finding the marketing job that I was working with. Huge shout out to Fly Nyan. They taught me so much. And basically, while I was doing that, I started producing more and more for radio. And then one day, we had scheduled a meeting with iHeart. And I said, hey, guys, I want to come. Like, can I can I come with you guys? And they were like, no, it's not really your department. I was like, no, no, just trust me. Like, trust me. Like, please let me come. (laughs) So I, I rolled up there and I'm and I walk in the front desk. Oh hey Chris, what's up? How are you? I was like, not much. How are you? And you know what's new? And and my coworker who I was with at the time looked at me and she's like, What how do they know your name? Like you weren't even on the check-in sheet at the, at the downstairs. I, I added you last minute. And then this one guy, like one of their sales reps came over and started talking to us and, and he's taking me to the studio. I was like, oh yeah, like that's where that person is because I knew all the studios. And yep. my friend <laughs> took me out to lunch after and she goes, you need to explain everything that just happened. I go, well, I've been producing for like five years. I've known enough people here. I've been to the building several times. I know the show structure. I know this. I know that. I go, I've been trying to get into radio for a while because I ended up falling in love with it. And she goes, but literally like everyone knew you. And I was like, yeah, it's just called networking. And so I ended up just kept going to events and meeting people. And thankfully, um, I found out that there was a slot opening up on a show and I pitched it and I got told no. And I was like, you know what? That happens whatever. And I went back and I pitched it again. And they were like, no, like we told you no, like no is no. And I was like, all right, give me a week. Do not do anything else. Trust me. I'm going to blow your mind away. And so I came back in a week later, whole new plan. And that's when they're like, okay, do it. They're like, we'll give you like a half a year. If it works and you get traction, like why not? The trick was, is I basically was like, listen, like I will build my own brand around it. I'll pay you guys royalties. I will personally fund everything. I will ensure that we're doing everything up with your brand. You guys already know me. You know my brand. You know who I am. Yep. Trust me. And they trusted me. And here we are now in 2021. <laughs> That's so. awesome. You've mentioned it a little bit in the past, right? You talked about how you've done branding work. And I mean, really what Afterglow is, right? It's like, it is a remarkable brand in many ways. So I would love to know like your secrets. If you're going to give advice to other like podcasters out there, or just even like entrepreneurs that are working really hard and they're building something really amazing, but they don't know how to get the brand out there. What advice would you give to them? 
Oh, it's so hard, but it's not. It's all about like confidence. Like if you know that you truly are doing the brand for the right reasons, and that's why some people are like, you're just doing it for for the money. And I'm like, where I'm like, where do you see money flowing out of radio? Like <laughs> we get cool things, we get like free like concert passes and stuff, but like where are you seeing like the Rolls Royce? Like, no. <laughs> and so I think it's just about doing it for the right reasons. And that's the baseline. If you know you're doing it for the right reasons build a plan. I am so overly organized to the point when sometimes it gets like a little bit too much. I have my schedule literally looks like a lit up Rockefeller Christmas tree. The the amount of things (laughs) and colors, I'm not even kidding you. Like if we weren't on my laptop right now, I would be, I would literally show you it is beyond insane. And so I think that is their basic is scheduling and putting time aside and understanding that if you're going to build a brand, you got to sacrifice a lot, your time, your friends, your relationships, and those true friends and relationships that are around are still going to be there. And yes, it may be hard and you may not see people, but they're going to be there. And it's all about being straightforward too. I always say you want to make sure that your brand is consistent. Like if you look at our website right now for Women's History Month, it's all the same color scheme. It's all very visually appealing. And so creating a a basic brand image and templates where you can just drag and drop things, like even we just post simple articles, like the templates are pretty similar because the point is, is you want people to say, okay, this, it looks like this. So they're doing this. Oh, this looks like this. They're doing this. This looks like this. They're doing this. And you want to start getting people's heads to understand, okay, like consistency. And I work a lot with artists too. And I say, Hey guys, like I can listen, I can play your song as much as you want. If you're not consistent in what you're putting out and we don't follow a consistent brand outline, I mean, I was like two, three months of playing your music, you're not going to get anywhere. So I I just think branding and like making sure that your brand has a great image and don't rip off other people. Make sure that it's, it's beautiful. Make sure it's your own. Obviously, if you're working with other brands, incorporate them somehow, but learn. I ended up actually not going to college. After all, I ended up using all that time to teach myself. That's what I always tell people is just teach yourself, push your limits, say you can do it. And yeah, it may be hard because life always throws you curveballs. I've I've gotten thrown curveballs like a bunch this year already. Mm -hmm. And you got to just understand that it's going to happen and you're going to move forward from it. Like you're not going to die from it. As long as you're being smart and you're not doing something stupid, it might actually kill you. You're not, (laughs) it's not going to be the end of the world. Like there's a lot in life that happens and you just got to keep pushing and pushing and you're going to say no. And, And there are odds that your business may fail then you can start over again and create another one and keep going. If you truly are doing it for the right reasons, I believe wholeheartedly, as long as you're putting in the work that you can do it and, and you got to just keep pushing. Definitely. That's always what I tell you. You know, just talking about even like Afterglow and the impact that you're having, you guys are in many ways doing this for the right reasons. And there's a lot of impact you've had in just like the local community. Can, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes. Obviously we're all crazy and and we have fun. And our main goal is that I understand more than anyone that when you work a a nine to five job or you work any job that isn't necessarily fun, you don't want to get up and go to work. And so my basic goal first off was to be that morning show to get people's day started. And then we Mm -hmm. were doing that and we were having fun. We were going to the award shows and we were flying Miami. We were doing this and doing that. And then everything stopped on March 11th. And we were like, whoa, there's a pandemic. Like, what do we do? And we realized, okay, like what we do is fun, but what is it doing besides helping people? I was like, no one wants to hear us talk about going on trips or talk about music or talk about this. People are stressed. They don't have a job. They're not doing anything. And I had been talking to one of my friends and he came along, someone named Diego Toledo out of New Jersey. He owns something called the Wolfpack Fitness. And Mm -hmm. he basically started out of his own pocket delivering groceries to people in need and in the local community. And I said, I reached out to him and said, hey, this is totally random. Like, would you want to work together 
can you come on our show? Tell people what you're doing. It might get other people inspired. And we started this like campaign basically to help fund local communities. And when I say local, I don't mean like your neighborhood. I mean like within like a hundred miles of New York City, which is a long and wide area. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge, even 10 miles of New York is a huge area to cover with traffic. And Definitely. so we asked people to text in at our number and said, hey, if you guys need help, text us that you need help. Let us know. We'll connect you with our producers or with myself. And we're going to see how we can get help. And the amount of results that we got almost overnight was insane and scary because the fact that we were seeing how many people were like struggling. I mean, some of the people that reached out to us, we had a woman and she said, I haven't been eaten in a few weeks, but I don't care about that. I need diapers for my kids. And I was like, whoa. And it just kind of stopped what we were doing. And we ended up launching a fundraising campaign. I ended up putting a lot of my personal money, our producers put in their personal money, our personal gas, our our $14 toll over the George Washington Bridge. (laughs) Like it was a lot. And we didn't, and we didn't publicize that we were doing it too. And we just, we wanted to make sure it was genuinely done discreet. It wasn't like people who on TikTok are like, Hey, I'm holding up my phone and I'm helping you out. Like I Mm -hmm. hate when that happens. And so it also kind of grounded me because I don't come from a lot. I come from kind of, I don't say nothing, but I don't come from, I'm not a trust fund baby. Like I don't, I don't come from that. Not there's anything wrong with it. I just, I don't come from that. And so then I started making a lot of money in at a young age. And so I started kind of losing a lot of my values and morals. And so then when COVID happened, it really like hit me hard and it hit our whole brand hard and everyone else and not even working with those people. It really helped me understand what was happening. And I think that is what helped Afterglow grow so much because our listeners knew that, hey, we were here for you. And that when they would text our number, I mean, we would get thousands of messages a day, not even just for that, just because we say text in to talk about if you like Cardi B's outfit. Like we'd be getting tons and we would reply to almost every person or at least try to. Yep. And wow. I think that's what built us a really good a good brand. And people started hearing about that. And people started hearing about what we were doing. We, had, for almost two months, had zero revenue. Zero dollars, not a singular dollar of revenue because no one wanted to put in money because it, it was COVID. No artists wanted to sign any packages. None of our marketing clients wanted to continue marketing. All of our other marketing clients had paused what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And it was a very uncertain time for everyone. And so we said, you know what? We don't care. Like, I'd, I'd rather help people and, and hopefully it'll come back to work for us. And, and that's what we did a lot of. And, and now we're working on another similar event, not for necessarily food, but just to help people with their mental health, which is something we're working on to do a lot of live music. We also did an event around Women's History Month. And we also have been now this whole month letting a female um, run our show. We had Eileen run our show. We had Natalie run our show. We have someone named Kat tomorrow running our show. And so we want to make sure that we can bring people's voices out. We even did a Black Lives Matter campaign, which for yep. me was so foreign. And I... I, I'll never forget, and I, and I will totally admit this. I said to my, my producer, said, let's talk about it. I said, no. And they were like, why? I was like, because we're a fun radio show. People don't want to come here for seriousness. And they said, you, they said, why are you saying no? You don't say no. Like, what's the real issue? I go, I don't know enough about it. I go, I don't want to go out there and talk for two hours about something I don't know. And they said, okay, we'll work with you. And we went and we learned for weeks and weeks and weeks and got a bunch of people to, to put out their voices. We got a bunch of influencers from you know just your, your 10,000 followers to your to 500 plus thousand followers followers that are putting these messages out on their social medias. And we're realizing that like, yeah, we like to have fun, but if we need to sit down and talk about a serious issue or, or even Natalie last week brought up some incredible points about, you know, women and how they're being treated and this and that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I like to use our brand for that because 
I like having fun, but I'm really excited for this new music event to come out because it's going to be all done virtually because people still can't go anywhere. And we're going to do a bunch of live music. And one of our sister shows is giving us their airtime for four hours. So we get to take their whole airtime extra seven hours of broadcasting that whole day. And I'm so excited. We've never done that. And it's all going to be to like talk about music and build people up and build their confidence and, and help with their mental health and I'm really excited for that to come once we finalize dates and details. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's a uh, a marathon right there, seven yeah. hours. <laughs> Thankfully, intense. it won't yeah. be in the, it won't be all at once. We'll be doing our seven to ten in the morning, and then we'll be doing six to ten in the evening, all okay. Eastern time. But it will definitely mm-hmm. be a long day because we'll be in studio at three a.m. for that, and we won't probably be leaving yeah. until nine thirty LA time. And we're having a lot of artists fly out. We also have to do a lot of quarantining beforehand and making sure that everyone is properly in the hotels, correct? It's going to be a lot. It'll be worth it, I think. Definitely. It's amazing. Sometimes just a small message is something that can be really meaningful and impactful. And actually, like right before like the BLM movement really started and kicked off, I interviewed someone on like diversity, inclusion and everything. And just like had this open dialogue with them. Like like I, I told them like in the very beginning of the interview, I'm like, I don't even know how to interview you about this because honestly, I know nothing about it. And that's that moment of not knowing is the moment that lets you realize like you can be curious and you can just ask and you can allow someone to help teach you and you can realize what privilege you've had. Exactly. All these things that, that you actually, you don't realize and you don't know about and like, you know, and then you start to like learn more about it. Like I started to go back and like redlining and like all these other things that like, it's amazing how much, how much you can learn by just stopping and listening, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm really happy that our team was able to do that because I've never worked with people who, if you tell them like, oh, I don't know this, or I don't want to do this, that they're, they would just get mad or they would be like, whatever. And, and that's why I love our team so much is because I feel like we are one of the most diverse teams out there because yeah. we all come <laughs> from so many different walks of life, so many different skin colors, so many different backgrounds, so many different jobs pay grades, everything. And so that's why I love our, our team. Because if I say, hey, guys, we need to stop for a second and we need to be serious on the air tomorrow. I'm like, okay. And the fact that Sergio and Eileen are our newest members of the team this year, they have almost completely just caught on and are able to flow with anything. And that's why I feel like I'm really happy that we have this team. And that's why everyone's like, well, you're getting up at two in the morning. And then like, yeah, but like, it's worth it. Like you guys understand, like, yeah, <laughs> at least like, I, I do, we do the show. I'm done by 7am. Like what, like what job do you work? Like for like three and a half, like four hours. And then you go home. I was like, I mean, some days obviously like Thursdays are my busy days. I'm in studio a lot for that to get show prep for our final Friday show of the week, but yeah. I wouldn't change it. I love it. I love that we can, we still get vacations. We get to go on exciting yep. adventures. We get to go to music festivals, award shows. It's worth it. Definitely. How do you drink on the show if you start at two o'clock in the morning? Like, so, I mean... <laughs> that, that that seems like a secret that you're unlocking right Yeah. <laughs> so, um, one of our sponsors this year for our opening episode was White Claw. And so, they sent us a lot of White Claws that we didn't expect them to. Some shows do it. They'll, they'll come in, they'll make cocktails. Um, mm-hmm. And so, we originally were an evening show. So, we would just have wine at like 3 p.m., have a nice little happy hour because we originally started yep. at 3 p.m. And we would just kind of have some wine and and have fun. And then when we moved over to our morning shows, we were getting up and we still had some of these sponsors that were, I was like, Hey guys, like we're changing long story short, like we're changing time slots. Like, do you guys want to still sign on with us? Like we're starting on this date. If you want, I can either, you know, move your campaign, change your campaign. Like, no, no, it's good. So they would, so we once had someone come in and make us 
cocktails. And you just hear, <laughs> you just hear the blender in the background. And it's like, at this time, we were on the East Coast. So it wasn't terrible. It was maybe like 7.45. I find that when we do that, it becomes really fun because we just had Sergio's birthday. We, we, we brought him, every person on our show had their own Pecco bottle to make mimosas. Mm-hmm. And we had a cake that was, and everyone's like, what? no one can see this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but we can. I was like, we need to be in the mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll do like drinking games. Now that I remember it, the one embarrassing thing I did one time is I sang karaoke on the radio because I was a little hammered. But I, I the thing about me is I can get really <laughs> hammered and still carry myself because I still have to run the board and we've yeah. never had issues. But mm-hmm. I think it's just about like, you know, like we come in the studio, we're, we're on this energy because we know that we're getting people's morning started. And yep. so by the time we're in the studio and like on the air, we're even up for at least an hour and a half now. And so it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's super early. So it still kind of feels like it's last night. So it's a little bit easier to pop open a White Claw or do a shot of tequila. And then when you're on the air for, for hours straight, it starts becoming just like, oh, okay, this is fine. This is normal. We try and only really drink towards the end. And then we still have stuff <laughs> usually to do in studio after we have commercials we have to record and we have mm-hmm. placement for the next week. So people don't understand, like for the most part, at least on Fridays, we don't just get to like leave the studio. Yep. And so it's not like we're just getting drunk and then mm-hmm. we're driving. Of course, we're not doing that. That's <laughs> so terrible. We start drinking at like, let's say 3 a.m. And then we leave by like like noon. Like we're good at that yeah. point. Like we're sobered up. Like we're, um, we have a lot of catering sometimes. <laughs> we'll get food delivered. It's not really a secret. It's just like, it's the way of us, of us just being like, you know what? We can do it. Other radio shows do it. Like if you want to yep. create good content, sometimes we eat it. Like last week we were, we were mm-hmm. all dragging and, and we just pulled out White Claws. And Eileen had slept an hour. I had slept an hour. <laughs> Sergio slept an hour. Danny slept an hour. Natalie was the only one that got like four hours of sleep. So we're all like, okay, it, it helps us in a, in a way. Obviously we don't need to do it, but it, it creates for some really fun episodes. But if we have big milestones or big events or things happening, then we'll do it. It's same as because we can't have parties. And so we we're only with the same four people in studio and then everyone else is remote. And so we only get to really see each other because we get tested every week and we can't go anywhere else. So (laughs) we're like, well, let's have a party with each other, you know? And so that's what we end up doing with it. And that's why we end up doing it. It's just to celebrate Mm -hmm. and have fun. Just uh, one little question for you. I'm sure like a lot of people that are podcasters out there, Really, they all have like this dream to make the jump and get on radio. So what would be some advice that you would give to those people? Um, Everything you know, like throw it out the window. It is so crazy different in in sense of like, well, it depends on how you record your podcast. Because some people record it live and other people, it really depends. I would say take everything you know off the table, really dive into understanding the industry, start understanding the tech. I mean, what radio can do. I mean, I can play a commercial in Miami and also play a commercial in New York at the same time. They're two different commercials. That, that to me amazes me. And I, it's the smallest thing ever. Learn if your station does have a dump button, if, if you can swear by and, and not have it go to the air. Um, <laughs> it's just a, it's a lot of, of just learning. And some of it you'll learn as you go. And I would even say, if you want to make the jump, like hit up your local DJs, hit up people at your local colleges, college stations, be like, yo, like I love, I have a podcast. I don't want to actually go on the air. You don't have to pay me. I don't, I don't want to intern. Just like, can I sit in and like watch? And radio has a lot of free time when you're on the air, believe it or not, especially during the weekdays for us, because we're not, we're, it's not just constant talk. Some of our off-air shows are like 45 minutes. Some of them are, are, are two and a half hours. It depends on how much we were talking on the air that day, but we have a lot of commercials and music. And so I'll have have friends even just come in and they'll and they'll hang out with us in studio or I'll have um 
you know, people that, that I barely even know. And, and they'll be like, Hey, can we come hang out? And they're like, yeah, like I say, honestly, just, just talk to your local people, learn it's, it's a lot, but, and it looks complicated, but, um, Eileen has never run a board before ever. And I taught her in an hour the Thursday before our Friday show. And she came on and ran the entire board and, and everything. Nice. And it, it's easy. It just looks complicated. It looks like there's a lot. And, the only thing that I, you have to get used to is, is understanding how to keep flowing because there's been times on the air and, and thankfully we're getting a lot better at it now that we're growing, but I would literally start the show and my producer wasn't ready or someone wasn't in the room yet. And I had to mm-hmm. banter for like two minutes before a commercial and just be like, so uh, if you can just run on and talk forever, that's something that's helpful because otherwise <laughs> you're going to have dead air. You're going to get in trouble that you have dead air. You're going to get pulled off the air, but anyone can do radio. Okay. Almost anyone can do radio. It does take a personality, but just know that you are talking to other people. But you got to imagine that you're not. Mm-hmm. Every time in front of the microphones, whether we're on the air right now or whether I'm like when you were coming in, I was listening to the show that was on before us and just listening to their their feed. You got to always think like there are people on the other side, but here we're doing it for us. And so I just say learn, practice, even just doing basic radio stuff at home, like even just getting basic soundboards. It's gotten a lot mm-hmm. easier to get into the space now. I mean, starting like an internet radio station first and just going on and getting people there, even doing your podcast as an internet station you can't edit anything. So you got to understand that whatever you say, I mean, 800,000 people are going to hear what we're saying. So we got to be really careful what we say. And you got to always remember that. But I think it's possible. I think it's definitely possible to to make the change, but don't think it's no one listening. If you're, if you have a podcast or even you, it is not the same at all. It is so crazy different, but it's (laughs) it's not at the same time. (laughs) Awesome. Being, you know, uh, hustlers for a cause and really like there's like that element of purpose here. Like, I just love to know, like, for you, if, if there was one thing you could challenge everyone in the world to start doing uh, differently, what would that one thing be? Huh. Let me think about that one. That is a, that's a really good question. I got to say thinking differently, like think about it like this. Someone's always going to have it better than you. And someone's always going to have it worse. No matter if if you think you have the worst life, someone's always going to have it worse. And someone's always going to have it better. No one is better than anyone. No one is is less. I mean, everyone always has problems because everyone's problems are different. And so I think thinking like that and understanding everyone's perspective if everyone could just think differently and be more open and be more fun and be more willing to challenge yourself and push yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, start your own company that, I mean, I'll obviously I want you guys to at work. Like, let's say that you're ringing at like market basket or something and, and you want to, you ring faster, challenge yourself to do that. Or you're in college and you, and you want to, you know, go into a different major, you know, do it. Like nothing in life is given to you, but everything is possible. And so if you can truly understand that like whatever happening in your life right now is a small moment out of your entire life. And so if you mess up, it's okay. You're human. If you say something wrong, you learn from it. But if everyone can just think differently and really open themselves up and be much more open and much more proud of themselves, even just in the very small things, like I made my bed today, which like if you anyone person knows me <laughs> is a huge thing because I am so tired in the morning that I don't want to even do that. If something you know is going to take five seconds, like if you have clothes on the floor, pick it up and put it there. Just think differently open up your time and realize that for the most part, you can make time. It might be hard, but you can make time for things if you really want to do them. Awesome. And where can people go to uh, start listening to the show and to contribute to your uh, mental health campaign? 
Oh, exactly. So head over to afterglowonair.com. You guys can listen to us 7 to 10 um, East Coast and West Coast. That's just kind of a generalization. If you're not in New York or Miami or LA, you can hear us at least right there. You can also catch us on our off-air channel, which can be found on our previous shows. So all of the shows that we've met, that you've had on the air that were live, you guys can go back and listen to just like a podcast. So for example, I'm talking about something on the air that you think is boring. Just click skip and skip 15 seconds ahead. As far as our campaign goes, definitely um, subscribe to our email list. You can do that right on our homepage. Just scroll right down. We are trying to get with a lot of artists. So if you know someone that's a musical artist, you are a musical artist, reach out to us. I am very big on working with small artists. So I, of course, I work with the top of the top. But if if someone has a voice that's incredible and is willing to work with us, we will do everything to see what we can to work with them. And so definitely that's kind of the way that we can help out there. If you guys aren't know any influencers or you are an influencer and want to get, you know, your name involved in your place out there, we're offering free exposure to influencers for helping us out. We have kind of specifics, but you know, again, sign for email list and, and reach out to us. You can always DM us at Afterglow on Air. We don't really use our Instagram too much. So our website is our home. It's our love. If you guys just head over to there, you can find everything you need to know. And the moment that we start doing things, um, you'll start seeing it on our website. We're trying to make it a lot more easier, friendly for people to understand what's coming up. And so once we do finalize the dates for that mental health campaign and music campaign, um, let us know. And maybe, hey, if you guys know a name you want to call it, submit a name and we're, we're going to offer to um, let you guys come to the live event if you guys come up with a good name. So <laughs> just you can do that all on our website. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Chris. It's great to have you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.